Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, October 2nd, 2022. We'll begin our time together today with a reading from Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus, before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know that the one in whom I have put my trust and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me, in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may only your truth be spoken, and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, folks. In 2015, the Canadian Truth and Reconciliation Commission published the 94 Calls to Action in an effort to acknowledge and attend to the deep harm done to Indigenous people through the residential school system. Last year, people throughout the country officially began commemorating the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Among many other efforts, these have worked to draw attention to the painful history between people of Indigenous and European descent. One day last week, as I listened to my car radio, I heard a story about a man named Percy Henry. Mr. Henry lives in Dawson City, Yukon. At 95 years old, he is the last known person who is fluent in the Han language. It's an indigenous language spoken by only a small number of people in the area of Alaska and the Yukon. As fewer and fewer people actively speak the language, there is a concern that both the language and the culture will become extinct. As I listened to the story, I heard about the efforts being made to keep this language alive. There's a growing number of people who gather around Mr. Henry, spending time to learn the Han language. 
What struck me about this story was the connection that was made between language and culture. Those being interviewed spoke passionately about how a person's language can shape the way that they interact with the world. They spoke about language being a significant lens through which both individuals and communities understand the world around them. Each language is unique, and each language provides a culturally unique way of understanding the world. If you think about it, they're on to something. Language is one of the most common, if not most significant, ways in which we communicate our innermost thoughts and feelings with the outer world. Language is not only the way that we express what's going on inside ourselves, but also the way that we interpret how we understand the world around us. Inasmuch as language is a tool through which we understand ourselves and our world, the loss of such a tool would be profound. It became clear that Mr. Henry wasn't just teaching a language. He was helping others understand and interact with the world in a new way. These themes of our relationship to language and culture extend beyond the relationship between indigenous and European peoples. We have a very similar thing in our reading from Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul is writing to Timothy from prison, and his future is unsure. Paul opens by telling Timothy how grateful he is for the young man and for the faith that he practices. He goes on to acknowledge that this faith practice was handed down to Timothy from his grandmother and his mother. They had both found value in their faith, and they passed it down to him. Paul encourages Timothy to cultivate the faith inheritance that he has received. Without denying the challenges that Timothy will face, Paul encourages him to nurture his faith, allowing it to grow in his life. But today's text is not simply about Paul encouraging Timothy to deepen his own faith. Paul acknowledges the gift of faith that Timothy had received and then encouraged him with these words. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Hmm. Rekindle the gift of God. Paul encouraged Timothy to imitate those who had inspired faith in him by inspiring that same faith in other people. Paul wanted Timothy to emulate his mother and grandmother, learning to plant the seeds of faith in other people. Although Timothy was steeped in the Christian faith from an early age, that was not Paul's experience. Let's not forget that Paul came to faith in Christ later in life. He had a very dramatic conversion experience in which he encountered the resurrected Christ while en route to persecute Christians. That encounter radically altered the course of his life, profoundly changing the way that he understood God, the world, and even himself. Despite his conversion, it's evident from his writings that Paul remained acutely aware of his prior behavior. When writing to the church in Corinth, Paul described himself as the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because he had persecuted the church of God. 
In his first letter to Timothy, Paul described himself as the foremost among sinners. We begin to see that Paul understood both sides of the proverbial coin. He knew what his life was like both before and after his relationship with Christ. It was this experience that motivated so much of Paul's life, including his letter to Timothy. He wanted others to have the same kind of transformative encounter with God that he had. It quickly became his life's work to ensure that the Christian faith would not become extinct. Inasmuch as Paul mentored Timothy, Timothy was also called to mentor others in their faith journey. It's one thing to understand Paul's motivation and his encouragement to Timothy, but it's also fair to ask what this has to do with us and how we live our lives today. Not every person of faith is called to be like Paul. He was given unique gifts to accomplish a specific task at a specific time in history. But we don't have to be like Paul in order to talk about the things that are most meaningful to us. After his resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to make disciples of all nations and to teach that next generation of disciples to do everything that he had commanded them to do. That includes imparting the faith to others. The Apostle Peter reminds us that we all should be prepared to give an account of the faith that is within us. We are not all called to be like Paul, but we can each be like Timothy's grandmother Lois or his mother Eunice. Like both language and culture, our faith gives us valuable tools to interact with every aspect of our lives. When we develop a language to express our faith to other people, we are communicating those tools to them. We each have our own story, our own style, and our own faith experience. We have each been gifted and called to live out our faith in the context in which we live. St. Francis de Sales is often quoted as saying, Bloom where you're planted. And at its core, this is about learning to practice our own faith in a way that changes the way that we engage with the world, and then helping others to do likewise. Let's pray. Dear God, surround us with your love, fill us with your grace, and strengthen us for your service so that we might be empowered to respond to the call of Christ. Amen.